Welcome to Sad Nash Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. With me as always, Bryce. We have a special guest tonight, Big Mo from Titan Southwest. What's up, man? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Doing a lot better. Yeah, after this win we had. (laughs) So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. There needs to be more excitement, bro. We we did the unthinkable today, man. Yeah, I, I know you yeah, and I, I had a. <laughs> yeah, big Mo, you and I had a conversation on Twitter, man. We just, I, you were trying to convince me. I just wasn't having it. <laughs> wasn't having it. I didn't think there was any possible way. And then <laughs> you tweeted at me about halfway yeah, through. It was like a week long convo, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. It was. Uh, I just, I didn't think there was any way the Titans would pull it out. And sure, shit, they did. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, any given Sunday, man. I mean, it was hard to stay so positive all week, especially uh, with all the new injuries that kept happening later and later. And then, you know, hearing about Kelly um, having some kind of a virus, knowing he was going to be out and we would throw in uh, merits from the practice squad in there. Like, I was worried. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I wasn't guaranteeing no win. But at the same time, I was like, man, these guys get played to pay, uh, paid to play, bro, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like after all these years of watching this team disappoint me, I was just like, they, they have to do this again. And then, you know, I realized today after we, we pulled out a victory, I, I just realized, you know, this is not the Mike Malarkey coach Titans. And, like, I don't want to, like, throw any more hate on Mike Malarkey. We did it enough, but I'm just going to say this. I feel like I feel like if he was the coach, we would have lost by 30. It just seems like one of those – games that he would have let get out of hand and I just got to give Vrabel credit because I was harsh on him last week I think that game plan was amazing I think the coaches came out there and actually executed a great game plan and the players bought into it and the players didn't give up the players at no point the players never thought that they were gonna gonna lose that game and they never gave up and I love that and now it makes me think that I can be more positive from now on because this seems like a completely different team completely different mentality and everything you're exactly right, bro, and and I'd I'd be lying to you, man, if I said I didn't used to have that exact same mindset, man. That was me years ago, but you know I've I've been through the misery of being a Titans fan long enough that I've kind of matured over the years, bro, and and just I've learned to kind of look at each week as a there's always a chance to win, no matter who's playing, man. Like each and every season, I mean, my wife has at least told me that I've gotten better because she used to have to put up with a monster, man. Sometimes <laughs> you lose and I'd, I'd be an asshole for a week, bro. But um, I, I've come to realize that I just truly love this football team, man. And it, it doesn't matter who's coaching, who the GM is, who the players are suited up to play the next game. I'm a Titans fan, man. I love the team today. I'm going to love this team tomorrow. And I'll still love this team in 15 to 20 years from now. You know what I mean? That's It is what it is. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I just I I did not think Blaine Gabbert was gonna, you know, lead us to victory. And to be fair, Kevin Byard, just a fan, did throw a touchdown pass. So I think Kevin yeah, Byard, yeah. Kevin Byard exactly. is, is a fantastic quarterback. You know, <laughs> that was a beautiful throw. I didn't know he was a lefty. So yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, man. Well, I had, uh, when I first started getting into, like, writing about the team, uh, like a year and a half ago, I remember doing a piece on, on, uh, Bayard and, like, really digging into the research behind his game. And I, that's when I realized he did used to be a quarterback in high school. 
and he was pretty good. So I kind of thought that would help him translate into an even better cornerback, having uh, known uh, QB tendencies, things like that, uh, know where wide receivers, how they angle their routes and things like that. I knew that would help him be a better uh, safety, but never did I think he was going to throw a touchdown pass today. Man, if you'd have told me that, I don't know what I would have said, man. <laughs> I'd have called you crazy, to be honest. Um, that's, that's a lot of people love did, bro. A lot of people did call me crazy all week. But oh, I did. Okay. I did. We did. We did. I'm not going to lie. Mo, I love you, man. But I, I'm not going to lie. At one point, I was like, this dude is too positive. He's going to be so sad Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Fuck um, me. So I just kind of want to go over that. Uh, the only touchdown Blaine Gabbert did throw. So I went back and rewatched that, and I wrote down some notes on what happened. And this play is is fucking crazy. What happened? So six players rushed the uh, mm-hmm. rushed uh, Gabbard. Uh, Panfield, Spain, and Conklin all chip blocked and immediately pulled out. Uh, yep. Matthews blocked um, just enough, so it was basically an easy arm tackle that Taylor could break. Going down the field. Um, Panfield threw a huge block, huge block on Justin Reed. So at this point, all Taylor, mm-hmm. Taylor has to do is just do Tyron Matthew, and he did that easily. So, like, that play just required a, a complete and total team effort, and, and it worked to perfection. So, And I love how the they – absolutely. I think LeFleur probably deserves – besides the Rabel, LeFleur probably deserves the most credit for today because he, he, he came to play. He came to coach. He – I love how all day we, we played to Blaine Gabbert's strengths, which is basically mm-hmm. not asking him to do too much. You know, we didn't, we didn't, they didn't ask Gabbert to go out there and throw the ball 30 times. You know, they asked him just to take care of the ball, you know, throw little dump passes. They even had Derrick Henry doing Wildcat. Whatever they could do to make it easier on Blaine Gabbert, they did. And it clearly worked. So props for that. Cause you know, Terry Robisky would have done some dumbass shit. <laughs> he probably would have, probably would have thrown the ball 48 times. Yeah, that so that, and I do want to say probably threw Blaine a pass, bro, in that wild card. Oh, made Derrick Henry throw a pass down the field to Blaine Gabbert. No, but yeah. I do want to say, like, real quick, I, I'm also really proud of uh, Tyler Merritt and Kevin Panfel. I mean, oh, these guys are these guys. I mean, especially Merritt's because he just came up off the practice squad. I'm pretty sure this is mm-hmm. the first time he's ever played in a real game, and. Yeah. Yeah, he did phenomenal. He did phenomenal. They only got they got to Blaine Gabbert. They didn't get to him. I think they got to him once all game. They got to him once all game. And I mean, Merritt was a beast. And Kevin Pample holding down the left side when he's he plays guard most of the time. I, I, that was phenomenal. And those guys could not have done any better stepping in for one game, especially Merritt coming from the practice squad yesterday. Like that was a huge deal going from the practice squad to starting in an NFL game against JJ Watt. And he handled himself really well. So I was really proud of him. Oh, yeah, man. And, and, like, for me, like, I, I'm i a big fan of the offensive line, man, because I played offensive line and defensive line. So I, that's, like, usually where all my focus shifts to on any game. Any game I watch is I want to, you know, see what's going on in the trenches. Now, years back when we first uh, picked up Merritt, we, we had him for a while, and I think San Diego scooped him up off the practice yep. squad, and he went over there for a bit. Um, but I was happy we got him back because I always thought he had the at least the physical stature and at least the football smarts to step in if he needed to, and he did a, a hell of a job doing that today, man. Yeah, Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, deserves a lot of credit for getting that getting that uh, group ready. 
So I think I have less concerns now about the offensive line than I did going into this week, which oh, is dude. crazy. Especially because, <laughs> dude, that defensive – the front seven for the Texans is no joke. And then yeah. to come in there with our patchwork offensive line and hold them off, like, that was phenomenal. And imagine what we're going to do when we get all of our starters back. I mean, you can only assume it's going to get that much better. So, oh, yeah, I, for sure. I think that's a good, very good sign. I think that was – I was very impressed by that. I was – my pessimistic mind was thinking Brain Goddard was going to be on his back all day, but that was hot in the case. He was only sacked once for minus eight yards. So, Yeah, and he had no turnovers, too. So that's another big, yeah. huge deal. I, I think I think that's what really won the Titans a game here is, is zero turnovers to the Texans' one turnover. Um, that was massive. Massive interception by Dory Jackson down in the, in the end zone. I think that really sealed the deal almost. That I, and then the, you got to throw in all the penalties too that Texans had. Oh, it was they a, were very oh, yeah, they were sloppy. They, they were sloppy in the beginning. That was so. They were very. They looked like an undisciplined team. Um, mm-hmm. And also Fairbairn missing that kick in the first half was huge too. Ended up being the difference. Um, mm-hmm. So just we got all the breaks today. The football gods are with us. Our coach came to play, and I will say this: Mike Vrabel outcoached the hell out of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. It does not, in my opinion, Bill O'Brien's not a very good head coach. Um, he just, he did not look like he knew what he was doing all game. Mike Vrabel completely outclassed him. And then, uh, I just, I, I was very impressed with Mike Vrabel. I can't say that enough. I, I told him, I said last week he looked like a deer in the headlights. This week he looked like the opposite of that. He looked like he knew what the hell he was doing. He, I was very impressed by Mike Vrabel. Oh, he, he looked like he was behind the wheel, man, looking at the deer to me. He looked like he knew what the hell he was going to do, bro. Yeah, he was exactly. behind the steering wheel and of a school bus with some some players that were just ready to run over a whole herd of deer, bro. He, they were ready, bro. Everybody came to play. For sure they exactly. did. They, they knew uh, how it was such a big deal to win. Yeah, so we kind of touched on it the, uh, um, with Henry running the Wildcat. So they essentially ran the same play five times, right? And I just wrote mm-hmm. down some notes from that. Mm-hmm. They got two first downs in 25 yards running the same play five times in a row like that that is we saw that last year and they got negative like 20 yards running the same play five times in a row so like it, it, it's complete night and day difference the fact that we can run a wildcat offense in the nfl and be productive with it like that's that's crazy well, yeah i think yeah. i think Robisky would have ran a wildcat offense but he would have put like eric weems back there to run 15 <laughs> times you know what i mean but yeah, that's just that was just his mentality, man. Sometimes, uh, I mean, all the time I was scratching my head looking at what he was trying to do, bro. Like, he that era is over, bro. Let let's get over that era, man, because that's just yeah, yeah. Um, just some other players like I wrote down that were just just seemed to be all over the field was was Harold Landry, Honor Landry. He's going to the pro. He's going to Hall of Fame, man. I've, I've been saying it since we started this. He's going to Hall of Fame. He's going. And uh, Correa, that dude just seems to always, a beast. just seems to always be around the ball, and I feel like J. Rob basically stole him from the Ravens at this point. Dude, we gave up a we gave up a fifth round pick for him, and he's already contributed. I'm not even I, I tweeted this, and I'm not even trying to be a dickhead. I'm not even trying to joke. He's literally done more in two games than Kevin Dodd did in two years a second round pick. Yeah. So think about that. That's great value. A fifth round pick for a guy that's immediately coming in. He got a sack last week. He got a sack this week. He has two sacks already for a fifth round pick. Are you kidding me? That's a steal. 
He's been he's been a complete beast. And Harold Landry was all over the field today. Harold Landry is going to be such a stud. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I I knew having Landry in the lineup today was going to be a huge boost for the pass rush. You could see he was just being a a headache to the Texans offensive line. That I mean, those offensive linemen were holding all game. By the way, they were getting away with so much holds. Casey was getting held pretty much ninety percent of the game. Oh yeah. But Landry, I mean, the dude made some key plays. He set the edge. He sniffed out that screen and got in position so you know the ball carrier wouldn't get extra yards. I mean. The dude's a talent, and he is going to be fun to watch for years to come. And you, you think about it, you're like, man, if Evan comes along strong and, I mean, Cruikshank had a touchdown and some really nice plays on special teams, outside of Falk, this draft class is is awesome, bro. I do want to say, speaking of Cruikshank, I don't know if you all will remember the exact play I'm talking about, but there was one play where Brett Kern booted it like 60 fucking yards and Tyler mm-hmm. Irvin caught the ball. And literally, as soon as he caught it, Crookshank had him by the feet and took him right down. Yeah, and like, he buried him. I just remember watching that, and I was just like, "Damn!" Like, we haven't had a guy like this in a while. Like, he he got down there before the ball, before, right when Tyler Irvin had the ball. It was a, it was a perfect special teams play, and like mm-hmm. that just shows that just impressed me a lot. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he's so fast, man. It kind of reminds me of um, y'all might not remember, maybe you do, but do y'all remember Tommy Campbell? He was yeah. super fast, super, super fast, and he was always a good headhunter on special teams, always like being able to get back there super quick and wrapping him up before they even could take a step. That's what that reminded me of. Yeah, I think our special teams definitely improved over, over last week. I mean, I know last week Darius Jennings returned a kick. This time he didn't get any chances to return kicks, but our special teams coverage was way better this week. We didn't get, let them get anything off punt returns. Your boy Trawick made a play. I know you love him. Him and Bates both made a tackle. Same play. Uh, well, <laughs> even the broken clock's right twice a day, Kevin. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mo, in case you're on, in case you don't know, uh, Bryce viscerally hates Trollick and Bates. Um, he just doesn't want to. I listen to the podcast, bro. Of course I know okay. that. Not Bates, not Bates as much. Uh, I don't really hate Bates as much. It's just like every time I see Trollick, he's either running into his own player or just doing something retarded. So I don't really. Oh, man. Yeah. But, no, I don't. Ha- I have literally zero complaints today. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's stat line didn't look great. But guess what? He's a journeyman backup quarterback. You don't need him to do great. He did what he was asked to do. He didn't lose us the game. He didn't win us the game, but he didn't lose it either. And I, I couldn't yeah. be more happy with him. And I did go through with my bet, and I bought the fucking jersey. I, That's I awesome, saw that. Man. I was impressed. None of your word, bro. <laughs> I never thought I would have to buy a Blaine Gabbert jersey, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> September 16th, 2018. Buying Blaine Gabbert jerseys. A day in history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't really have anything to complain about. I mean, there was some, some offensive, uh, some holding that wasn't called on for us. You know what I mean? Uh, the play, the, yeah, the play Hopkins scored on, it, it Jarrell Casey was blocked in the back. Like, there's no way around it. It was clear as day. Everyone saw it, and they just didn't throw a flag. So these referees are Big still Mo, I'm sure trash, but whatever. I'm sure, Big Mo, you probably noticed this because you do a lot of, like, film stuff. Have you ever noticed that DeAndre Hopkins pushes off on almost every single play? Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, pretty, he, pretty he's terrible. habitually done that. Oh, yeah. he. But he also tries to draw pass interference, too, like, he tries to get tangled up early and draw the defenders into his body, 
Oh, that hell way it, yeah, he did that today. Looks like they're interfering with him, and it, it's completely bogus, man. I mean, he's done that for years, and I, I don't know how he's gotten away with it. He wasn't as bad today. If you all remember last year, I mean, he was just throwing our cornerbacks off of him and Dude, having I know, seven I yards of space. In 2016, the first time I went 9-7, and seven, I remember he was with, uh, for some reason, we had Paris Cox one-on-one with him. And I remember he literally just, like, <laughs> slung, he literally just slung Paris Cox onto the ground and caught a yeah. wrap of ball. Like, he, he just, like, does that. Like, he just finds ways to get open, and for some reason, they don't call it. I will say this, though. Last week, I said some pretty terrible things about Jerome Boger. This referee from today, I did not think he was great by any means. But I thought they called. I thought they called it way more balanced today. I thought they were just kind of bad on both sides. Like uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't think that we got screwed over at all. I mean, obviously there was some stuff they should have called, but I also thought there was some stuff on the Texan side that could have been the same way. Like I don't. I don't think they called it biased at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. I think you're right. I think the refs did a, a good job of being fair today. It wasn't as obvious. I mean, there was a few. Uh, intentional groundings that I think could have went against Watson. They called us for one. Um, the holding, as we talked about that. But I think overall where they might have gotten cheated out a bit is, is on some of the spottings on those fourth and ones or third and ones. Yeah. Sometimes we got a generous spot. Yeah. So. And then there was that one play where uh, that play over the middle where, Taj, where Blaine Gabbert threw a perfect ball right to Tajay Sharp and he dove and caught oh, yeah. it. And you couldn't really tell on the camera. I don't think it would have got overturned. But you couldn't really tell if he caught it or not, and they hurried up and snapped the ball real quick. I like that. That, that was pretty yeah. good awareness. And, a, and another play that, speaking of awareness, nobody's talking about this. What Deion Lewis did at the end of the game, I mean, he he pretty much won the game. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? Yeah, oh, the yeah. Punch, punching the ball out of bounds. Yeah, he did, a lot of guys just try to jump and, like, land on it, and he just punched it out of bounds. And that was, like, such a veteran heads-up play. That, no, that doesn't, it's not going to get talked about as much as it should, but that could have won the game for us. When that happened, that um, to... I, I, was, I was sitting there watching it, and the first word that came out of my mouth was a loud fuck. And my roommate was <laughs> like, are, are you okay? And I was like, we're going to fucking lose! Um, and then I realized that he punched it out of bounds, and I like, yeah, I would. This game had me stressed out um, from start to finish. <laughs> was, oh yeah, I mean that play alone was was the can kind of be a game defining play, bro. Like you like you could look at that play and that summarizes the whole game. Davis catches it, has everybody fired up because he's making all these moves and you know gaining chunks and chunks of yards, and then he fumbles the ball. That's kind of how the game went. You know, we start off punching them in the mouth, jump ahead fourteen zero. And then the momentum starts to cool off a little bit. Texans start climbing back into the game, and it gets everybody on the edge of their seat. I mean, but we've been here before. We're Titans fans. We've been here before, man. We we know that not even a 45-point lead is safe. I mean, Dude, every game we play, every game we play comes down to the wire, it seems like. Like, can we please just <laughs> blow somebody out so my blood pressure can return to normal? Like, <laughs> I have, Every game we've played for the past five years, it seems like every win we had, we just have to make it as dramatic as possible. <laughs> but I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Colts played the uh, Redskins this week. They beat them. So now the Colts moved to one and one, and the Jags just fucking curb stomped the Pats. They moved to two and zero. Oh. So the standings look a little bit like. Um, Jacksonville's number one, Titans two, Colts, then the uh, Texans sitting at 0-2 right now. Mm-hmm. 
See, um, and that's why this game was so important because if we would have lost, we'd be sitting in the basement 0-2 with a division loss already like the Texans are, and that would be horrible because coming up we have the Jaguars, the Eagles, the Patriots. Like, we have a brutal schedule coming up. So being getting this win was huge, like huge, Cause especially being a division game because that, that puts us ahead of the Colts, even though we're, we're both 1-1, one one, we're ahead of the Colts because we have a division win. So, I mean, that's – I mean, every little game – every division game counts, especially. Yeah, it almost counts double. Yeah. I mean, this was huge. Like, can you imagine how depressing it would be if we were in the Texans position right now? I mean, you can say it's only the first two games, but there's some stat where it's like 99% of teams that start off 0-2 don't make the playoffs. Like, yeah. if you start off 0-2, especially 0-2 with a division loss, I mean, that's a hard hole to climb out of. So we really, yeah, we sure. really did our, we really did ourselves a favor today because, as far as the, divi- the the division games is what counts, and we're one to know. So, yeah, next week we play yeah. the Jags, um, and I I did a little research, um, kind of watched the film from last year when uh, the Jags played the Ravens. They played them in uh, London, so take it as you want, but the Jags just fucking mollywopped them. It was not even close. Um, I didn't write the score down, but it was a lot to a little. Uh, the Jags, just for reference, the Jags' first couple of drives were field goal, touchdown, field goal, punt, touchdown, field goal. The Ravens was everything a punt except for one interception. That was up until halftime. So Dean Pease has played them before. Um, he didn't do well against them. So what do you guys think that the defense needs to do this coming week to prevent the Jacksonville Jaguars from beating us? I'll let you take that. Okay. Um, well, I'll have to reference a little bit of the of the Houston New England game from from last week to give you guys a, a, the best answer I could possibly give you. Um, when I watched the Houston New England game last week uh, during the middle of the week, I really wasn't overly impressed with their defense, uh, with the Texas defense against the Patriots, and I really wasn't impressed with Deshaun Watson and the offense. I mean. They didn't do anything I didn't expect, and y'all probably wouldn't have expected either. Just a ton of RPOs, quick passes, the occasional watch and run, some of what we saw today. Uh, but nothing spectacular really jumped off the tape. My my biggest worry into our game headed into today was the fact that Will Fuller was active because he's a Titan killer, man. Since he's I mean, been drafted, still, he's yeah. always – Yeah, that's, that's what I was worried about. And, I mean, and he did damage today. But, I mean – Looking at that game, if Fuller and Nuke both, both go over 100 yards and each have a touchdown, you would think that meant the Texans blew us out. Um, but now looking at Jacksonville, this is why I'm referencing that. I, I'm going to watch the Jags and Patriots game uh, probably sometime during the week. I watched some of it today, but I didn't. Re- I wasn't really as focused because I had to do other things. But to me. The summary of that game, Bortles had the game of his life today. I mean, 377 yards, four touchdowns, four or five, I think four touchdowns. Uh, threw a pick as usual, uh, rushed for 35 yards. But the Patriots defense, they're, they're really not anything special, and they're actually um, the weakest part of that Patriots team, I think. Uh, Keenan Cole did phenomenal today. I think that's his name, Keenan Cole. I don't really pay attention to Jags receivers' names, but I think Keenan Cole – uh, he was carrying it up on some of what I saw today. But for me, I don't think Bortles is a quarterback that can sustain any kind of success. And I think um, 
he probably went home thinking he's the greatest quarterback alive today. Um, but to me, if the Patriots play a Texans team with Fuller, the Patriots are 0-2 right now. And for us, I think to beat Jacksonville, we're going to have to have a similar game plan. Um, but I'm not really I'm, – I'm not afraid of Jacksonville, man, no matter if they beat the Patriots by 45 points today. I still think we just we have one over them, kind of like the Colts had it over us for so many years. I think we're the perfect team to go against Jacksonville. Um, I just think we're the, the kings of the division, man. I'm, I'm really not afraid of the Jags. I mean, Kevin referenced uh, the last time I played DMPs, they kind of demolished him, but you got to mm-hmm. think. I mean, we have our own personnel that have – it's pretty much the same as last year that handled Blake Bortles perfectly fine. So you got to think that that's going to play make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. We've proven that we know the formula to beat Jacksonville. I mean, you run down their throat and you make Blake Bortles throw the ball. I mean, because yeah. Blake Bortles is going to do Blake Bortles things. You just If you make him throw the ball enough, he will do Blake Bortles things. And, I mean, today he had a great game. But, like you said, the Patriots' defense is nothing special. It's nothing to write home about. And I think our defense is no question better than the Patriots' defense. No question. I don't think that's debatable. And plus, the fact that we've already proven that we can beat the the Jaguars, even when they're at their best, I think the Jaguars are way better last year. Their roster was way better. I mean, they don't have Allen Robinson anymore. They don't have Allen Hearns anymore. They don't have Julius Thomas. Like, Fournette won't be 100%. I mean, I don't think you should be scared of this team at all. I I, I think we can definitely take it to them. I mean, obviously a lot of it's going to depend. We're going to probably have to score more than we did today because – I mean, we only scored seven points with our offense today, so we're obviously going to have to do more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think if we stick to Titans football and we know how to beat the Jags, I, I don't think we should be scared of them at all. I was more worried about the Texans but coming into the season, but now I'm not worried about yeah. the Texans at all because the Texans did not impress me today. I mean, I know it's easy to say that after you beat them, but I, I don't – They just. I thought the Texans were going to have a rough season because – they just don't impress me at all. I think the Jack, Jags are going to be our only competition for the division. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Deshaun Watson is kind of a fraud. Um, I think he had a, he got on a good run last year. Nobody was really expecting it. Everyone has film on him now. They know how to defend against him. Um, so yeah. like you said, I was more worried about them. The only thing that I see could be a possible issue going against the Jags next week is not having Lawan or Conklin back because um, – I saw yeah. a tweet today saying Kelly's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. Um, so if you can at least get Lawan back and then you can move Panfo back over, over to the right tackle, then I think you're going to be able to slow down that defensive pass rush and be able to run it down their throats. Um, and like you said, I'm just uh, just, Bryce, yeah. they, they, they have to stop the run on defense. You have to stop the run and put the ball in Bortles' hands because you're going to go out there and you're going to get a couple picks if, the, if Bortles has to throw the ball 40 times. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming we're going to do what we did last year and just put eight guys in the box and just drop three in coverage because all you need to do against Bortles. And, I mean, especially now, they don't have – you can afford to put eight in the box because they don't have that one receiver that you're terrified of. I mean, Keelan yeah. Cole made an amazing catch today, but, I mean, are you really going to really be scared of Malcolm Butler going against Keelan Cole? I don't think so. I mean, I think – if you put eight in the box, stop Fournette, get after Blake Bortles, that's the recipe to success against the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah you have to make Bortles be himself, and, and I think both of y'all hit it right on the head. Um, 
he he will make mistakes, and our team knows that firsthand. We're experts at getting him to to make mistakes. Uh, whether or not they have Fournette next week, uh, that that could be a difference, man. And I think their biggest acquisition of the off season, in my opinion at least, was uh, Andrew Norwell on the offensive line. He's been playing pretty good, so it's giving Bortles a little bit more time. But like we said, we we picked him off and created turnovers with Bortles with uh, less talent. Uh, our secondary's yeah. tremendously improved. I mean, right now we got three picks. Uh, which has to be at least top five in the league. I'm not too sure if anybody has more than three. I think Detroit might have five, but I'm not too sure. But well, here's here's another stat I just thought of. So both of our quarterbacks, even if Mariota can't play, Mariota and Gabbert, last year their record against the Jags was three and zero because Blaine Gabbert beat the Jaguars. Blaine Gabbert beat the Jaguars with the Cardinals, and Mariota obviously beat them twice. So. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool if uh, I said this at the beginning of the season before I even knew Mariota was hurt. I said it'd be pretty funny if Blaine Gabbert went down to Jacksonville and beat them. That'd be pretty funny to me. Yeah. Um, awesome. I don't know how much you guys follow the uh, the pro football doc. Um, so to start uh-huh. kind of at the end of the uh, this past week, he said that he would kind of expect Mariota, he could possibly play depending on how much feeling he had. Oh, yeah. And then uh, just a uh, 7:39 tonight, um, my t- mountain time. Yeah, I saw that. The yeah, A to Z Sports tweeted out um, that he said, "I'm very worried about Marcus Mariota and his ulnar nerve loss of feeling and weakness. Not transient. Um, they could be in for long haul, going to be multiple weeks. Don't expect him next week, and it could be longer. So, to take that as you want, um, the man hasn't evaluated Mariota. So, but but I mean, what would make him change his mind though? Because Earlier this week, he was saying that Marcus might even be good to go this week, and then now he's saying multiple weeks. Like, why? I don't understand why he changed his mind. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, but we'll have to see what what comes out. Um, if Mario is limited, um, then maybe there's some something to that. But you would hope that Mario is a good to go practice all week. Well, here's where I think he might play because he was active today. So if Gabbert would have went down, Mario would have had to play. And if Mariota was actually that hurt, I don't think he would have been active, and I think they would have got a third quarterback. I mean. Yeah, if they bring the third quarterback, I think you could potentially see this going multiple weeks. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. I won't be worried until we sign, like, Matt Moore or somebody. Until we do that, I'm not going to be worried because I think uh, it'll be okay. No, I think uh, – I think – the uncertainty surrounding if Marcus is going to play or not, that's part of the reason for the install of the Wildcat. I think they probably initially intended to use the Wildcat with Marcus on the field. But once they saw that they had a, a semi-comfortable lead, you know what I mean, or at least a touchdown lead, they felt they didn't have the need to, all right, let's throw him in there and, and feed him to the wolves. But in talking about Mario's injury, fellas, I mean, th- this is just from on a personal level. I had the same exact injury last year in May. I, I damaged my ulnar nerve because uh, I used to be a corrections officer. So I damaged my ulnar nerve, and that was in May uh, May 15th, and my hand's still not the same. And I'm not trying to be a downer, but depending on the severity of that injury, it it could really be a disaster, man. It really could. Yeah. Now, 
I do want to say this real quick, just a hypothetical for you guys, because I think both of you guys are pretty objective. I don't think you're fanboys. Um, say Gabbert starts next week, too, against the Jaguars. And say say he wins, and say he goes, you know, 18 and 25 with a couple of touchdowns and we get the victory. I mean, do you ride the hot hand, or do you put it Mario to health? Do you definitely plan? I mean, I'm not saying you bench Mario necessarily because he's obviously hurt, but I'm just saying, like, if we can win games with Gabbert, I mean, do you keep him in until Mario is 100% ready, or do you just, whenever Mario wants to come back, you play him? I mean, I don't know. I would. I, I think if, if Gabbert does well enough, um, as long as we can afford to rest Marcus and heal him up, I think that's that's the game plan you got to go with, honestly. And I think we're kind of finding ourselves in a similar situation to the whole Kerry Collins Vince Young dilemma. Like when when Kerry Collins, you know, took over and everybody. I mean, I know I wanted Vince Young in the lineup at the time because I felt he was more talented with with the other players we had around him, like CJ and all that that special year. Um, but we rode the hot hand of Kerry Collins, who really wasn't blowing the doors off of anybody. He was just doing just enough to help us get a win. And, I mean, the defense was a big reason why we were winning all those games yeah. in 2009 and our two running backs. So it's eerily similar to that 2008 year. I mean, obviously we're not starting off undefeated, but two special running backs, a quarterback oh, can be just about enough. That. Yeah, great. that's a great comparison. It's, it's crazy, man. So I mean, I think we, would all, we would all take that result, I think. Maybe not the first-round exit, but we would take that result. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I think that um, just because if we keep winning games with Gabbert, imagine what we can do when we get fully healthy later on in the season, especially because the schedule lightens up towards the end of the year. Yeah. I'm just saying if, uh, if Gabbert – Say Gabbert plays, you know, today, next week, and the next week, and if he wins two out of three games, I mean, that's pretty good. And then Mariota comes back, and we we won games without Mariota, so imagine how good we'll be with him. I think that's a good scenario to be in. Um, and, and I mean, you already got his jersey, bro, so it gives you more reason to wear his jersey. Longer, right? <laughs> oh, I will be at the next home game wearing the black jersey, yeah. whether he plays or not. Hell yeah. Because he kept our season alive. And I know that that sounds dramatic to say, like, oh, Bryce, we would have only been 0-2. It wouldn't have been the end of the season. But like I said earlier, once you start off 0-2, you don't really come back from that. So this was a, a ginormous win. Um, I, I just I can't get over the fact of how great this win was. I mean, it's not like we were playing against the Dolphins or some NFC team. We were playing against the Texans, and we beat them with our backup mm-hmm. quarterback and a practice squad tackle, and no tight end to speak of. Johnny Smith didn't do nothing today. Like, I know we didn't throw a whole lot, but I'm just saying, yeah. Um, and I do want to ask you all about two two guys real quick. I'll especially big one, Kevin, and I just want to hear y'all's opinion on this. Uh, what do y'all think of Rashard Matthews? Uh, we haven't, I know we didn't throw the ball a whole lot today, but Rashard Matthews hasn't done anything this season so far. And I know Rashard Evans was active today, but I didn't hear his name called once. Yeah, so yeah, he didn't touch the field, man. Evans didn't. Yeah, he didn't so touch the field at all. I think Matthews is still trying to get back to football shape. Um, yeah, I think Evans was just active to kind of get people off of their back. To be honest with you, like I, I don't know. It just it. I I was looking for him all, all all game. Didn't see him. I was looking for him in the stat sheet. Didn't see him at all. Um, Saw a whole lot of Will Compton today. Yeah, Will Compton was out there. Yeah, like our boy. 
Um, I think we see we'll see Evans a lot next week. I think um, that's just a guess, but I think the team right now it has to. It's either one of two things: either they're not confident in how healed up he is right now, or they're not confident in his um, how much how well he knows the scheme, and they think he'll be a liability to throw in there. Um, that's so true. It, it's maybe, one of those two things. I agree. Maybe they just like having a veteran, Will Compton, in there that isn't going to do anything special, but he knows what he's doing. I mean, that could be it. Yeah, because rookie mistakes are real, man. And you throw Evans in, yeah, he has a physical talent to make a pop, but he he might not be there mentally yet in terms of just totally being familiar with the scheme. That's why it helps having Kamala, Kamala however you say his first name, Correa, um, because he's so familiar with a lot of the same terminology coming from Baltimore. So, Honestly, I, I should have got a Correa jersey. I love this guy. <laughs> um, so what do you think is going to happen next week? Let's get your score predictions, boys. No, go for it. Well, guys, uh, if you listen to the last episode of, of our pod, Titans of the Southwest pod, um, seeing this plug right there. <laughs> no um, worries. <laughs> um, I think I'm done with score predictions because I'm I'm a superstitious guy, man. I did a I predicted the Dolphins. We beat the Dolphins a thousand to three, and that didn't work out. And um, so this week on our pod, when we were previewing the game, I said, you know what? I'm just predicting a narrow win against the Texans. I think it's going to be ugly, but I think we're going to pull out a win at home. So this week. I'm gonna still ride my own train, if that makes sense. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna predict another narrow win. But I think it won't be as narrow. I could see us winning by ten points. I agree, hundred percent. I think I. Uh, oh, by the way, Kevin, you predicted us to lose this week, so I'm gonna need you to do that again this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got. I got. We just gotta talk about that. So, yeah, go ahead. We'll talk about mine. I will. I will say though, I I, I think. It does matter if Mario or Gabbert play, obviously, because, I mean, nobody ever would try to argue that Gabbert is more talented than Mariota. Nobody would ever argue that. I think, obviously, Mariota gives us a better chance to win. But that being said, even without Mariota, I still think our defense will do enough, and I think our running game will do enough because Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars. I think that we'll we'll do just enough, and I think we'll pull out a win 17-10, something like that. That's not my actual – just something like that. It'll be another like yeah. kind of low scoring game. If you're gonna bet on the over under, definitely bet the under. Um, I definitely think it'll be a low scoring run and defense type game again because that's the type of game we thrive in. And Blake Bortles sucks. So. <laughs> um, hey, bro! If Gabbert pulls out another win, you gotta get the uh, away jersey of Gabbert. <laughs> Dude, I'll get every, I'll get all three colors. <laughs> Uh, got to get the practice red uh, gathered. <laughs> uh, Another thing awesome. that works in our favor, though, is the games in Jacksonville, which doesn't really matter because they have zero home field advantage whatsoever. I mean, oh, did they get some some <laughs> some bright some new? Did they change the color on their tarps this year? I mean, kill, kill tarps, bro. They have no home field advantage whatsoever, so I'm not really worried about the crowd being a factor. I think as long as we play our game, we'll win. Kevin, you go. Yeah. Um, so if Blaine Gabbert plays, they, I have two scenarios. If Blaine Gabbert plays, the Jags are going to win. Um, 
I don't believe in Blaine Gabbard. And I know I'm going to get crushed with that after what just happened this week, but I don't think he can perform at that level we need him to where he's not going to lose us a game. Um, the Jags Kevin, secondary. Just so, you know, just so you know, Kevin, we don't think Blaine Gabbard's good. <laughs> oh, no, I know. But but after what he did today where he didn't turn a ball over at any, like at all, and he, he performed yeah. kind of what we, you know, hoped he would, I don't think he does that again next week. Um, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye are, would, would pick him off and would, will have a field day with him, I believe. Um, now, if Mariota plays and Mariota is healthy and he has the feeling in his nerve or in his hand, um, I think the Titans win, and I, I think it's going to be a close one within seven. So right now with Mariota yeah. not playing, I'm going to say Jags win by at least a touchdown. It'll be a, it'll be a tough game, no, no, no doubt, because – the Texans' defense isn't what it used to be. I mean, all those players are older. You know, they didn't have Clowney today, who's pretty good. But, you know, Clowney actually contributed to our win by being an idiot on the sidelines and putting us in field goal range. So thanks for that. But uh, the Texans today, I don't know if y'all if y'all caught this. So Kevin Johnson, who's their slot corner, has not got put on IR. And they had yep. Kareem Jackson back playing corner. And if you don't know, Kareem Jackson's about 38 years old. And they they switched him to safety, and then this week they switched him back to corner. So he, we were we were going up against a not that great secondary, and Jacksonville has probably the best secondary in the league. So that worries me a little bit. Um, I think somebody's but, digging up uh, Kareem Jackson's body from Nissan Stadium right now, man, because Corey Davis buried him in the dirt. Oh, that's so that was nasty. That was that yeah. was Delaney Walker versus the Packers esque when he just threw yeah, them into dude. the ground. It was it was incredible. That's stiff arm. Corey Davis does a lot. Like he'll be, he'll have like one or two. He'll have like one play where you wonder why he's not an All Pro, and then he'll have another play where you wonder how he even got to the NFL. Like he's like the J.R. Smith of football. <laughs> like. He, he would just. No, that's he, not so stretch, bro. That's a stretch. He's not as bad as J. He's obviously more talented than J.R. Smith, but he's streaky like J.R. Smith. Like he'll have. He looked great this week. He had no route problems at all this week. He he did have the fumble, but I don't blame him for that. Yeah. He was trying to make a play. I mean, I'm not going to criticize yeah. him for that at all. Um, he was busting his ass trying to get a play, get us in field goal range. I don't blame that fumble on him whatsoever. And I thought he played great today. I thought he was there when we needed him. He was obviously our go-to. He was obviously Blaine Gabbard's go-to guy. So I don't have any – I think Corey Davis – hopefully Corey Davis comes up big again next week. He'll have some real talent to go against next week. And he seems to be healthy to me. I mean, he seemed to be going fine today. Yeah, and I think he's healthy. I think if he his name pops up on the injury report this week, I wouldn't put too much thought into it. They're just trying to, to minimize his injury. But – I mean, headed into Jacksonville, one thing you got to remember, uh, I think one of you guys mentioned that Blaine defeated the same Jaguars defense pretty much last year, and he did it through the air, man. He he was 22 of 38, 241 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but usually people who play against Jacksonville do that. Um, one, thing, one thing about that, though, he did have Larry Fitzgerald to throw to, and I love Corey, but we don't we don't have a Larry Fitz on our team. We don't have, you know, that may that might that obviously plays into it a little bit. But I, I see what you're saying. I mean, Blaine Gabbard has proven that he he can beat that same Jacks team, and honestly, they might be a little worse because, you know, they don't have Pasleszny anymore, and then, um, 
who's their Aaron Colvin uh, doesn't play there anymore, and they replaced him with DJ Hayden. So I mean, yeah. they're uh, we're familiar with that team, obviously. Uh, especially you know, it, it, it does help that our backup quarterback beat them. So that's a little yeah. silver lining for you guys. I think the Jags are going to want to win um, hardcore just because, I mean, they finished last year as the division champs, but to me and to a lot of people, they're still not champs of the division. They didn't beat us. Um, I, I think they're going to go into it overthinking overthinking things and trying to really show dominance right off the bat, and I think it's going to backfire on them. I think they're going to use a lot of their – aggression against them and like I said if we're if we're able to run the ball down their throats their secondary doesn't matter man I don't care if their secondary is is covering us with centimeters of space if our running backs are running over their corners their secondary secondary is obsolete at that point you know what I mean yeah I agree I, I think um you know obviously it's going to be a, a fiery edgy game because it always is when we play them because they hate us and they hate Blaine Gabbert, too, so that just adds a little bit more fuel to their fire. But like you said, I think we can use that against them. I think we'll come out calm, nothing to prove, because they've already beat them twice. I mean, if any, if anybody has something to prove, it's them, because, you know, they were so-called AFC South champs, and they, they, still got, they still lost to us both times. So I think they really are going to want to beat us. Well, even like in 2000, man, when the Jags were the best team, or 99 season, when they were – "Quote unquote," the best team, but they lost to us three times that year. Yeah, you know what I mean, like we're the only team that beat them, so we've always had their number. They're still our little, little baby brothers, our little toddlers, you know, that we kind of, we kind of have to keep them in check. And I think Henry and Lewis will be a big part of that next week. Yeah, Derek Henry. Derek Henry's definitely got to get going. I want to see a big game out of him. I know last week you said he wanted to have a big game this weekend. He didn't have a great game. He didn't have a terrible game, but, I mean, he averaged like three yards a carry, so I'd like to see a little bit more. Maybe a 100-yard game. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Did, did you all notice the difference, though, like when he was in the Wildcat running the ball? He was running with a lot more violence, or at least that's what I thought. It looked like he thought, was running yeah. a lot more violent, like in, in those three plays dialed up right up the gut. He was running with some violence, and then it kind of faded a little bit with him. Um to me, I think he's he's painted in a role that's not really who he is. People think he's a bruiser. Um, people think he's like a Lengel, like a you know a big power back that's just going to beat you with size. Although he physically looks that way, that's not who he is. He he's he's just a bigger. I know A to Z mentioned it, and I I've been thinking it for a while. But he's just a bigger Chris Johnson. Like he has the potential for the home run play as long as he gets to the second level. And we just haven't been able to do that. When we have, uh, they call holding. So, Yeah. Uh, you guys want to call the show there? That'll work, bro. Yeah. Um, one more, can we do one more thing? Yeah, go for it, man. All right. I just want to say, uh, staying on the running game stuff, Dion Lewis, he might be small. But he runs like hard. Like he takes some pops. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but like he he does not shy away from contact. Like nope. he took some licks today. And also, I do want to say another thing. Taylor Taylor, he redeemed himself a little bit in my eyes because he not only did he catch the ball, but he made way more out of that play than what should have been. Um, great all around play. 
So that was good to see. I'm glad he got on the board. And we didn't mention – oh, we did mention it, but we didn't mention this part. Dory got his first uh, career interception. Yeah. So yeah. that's also a big deal. Hopefully that hopefully that'll uh, brighten him up, get him going on a hot streak because he struggled last week against Miami. But, yeah, all around, I just want to say one more time, Mike Rabel, you're a beast. You, the whole coaching staff did great today. So if we coach like – if we have a game plan like that every single week based on an opponent – we're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Um, I agree. So go follow us on uh, on iTunes if you guys aren't already. And uh, go check out Mo and him on uh, Titan Southwest. Uh, great listen to every week. So thanks for tuning in. Catch you guys hey, next week. Check out Big Mo. Yeah, thank you all for having me, man. I had fun, man. It was fun. Anytime.